0: Just hit a button, Morty, give me a beat. Oh man, okay. All right. Um
1: Congratulations on a much improved three two one countdown for Nabil the Real Deal. Boom. We're back hey. in person live, <laughs> surviving the winter storm Uri oh. of twenty twenty one not your weekly sports pod. What's good?
2: What's good, bro? We made it. It's been a minute, man. man. Winter has came. Bro, we've we've been through shitty production. We've been through back and forth virtual conversations. This is the first time we're having a conversation back in person after a minute.
1: This is the first time we do that, and at the same time, the first time you guys meet my dog, at least for you, Chef. Yeah, man. How's the experience been, bro? She
0: is adorable. A little bit of a... Attention whore! But oh, she's cool, absolutely Matt. not attention it's whore. It's
1: cool. I love her. There's more adjectives you can throw behind "whore" that would be fitting for her. so? You think so so I, that's good. If
0: you do hear her whining, that's that's her. That's her right there.
1: I promise, she's got a full bowl of food and water. Everything's yep. fine. Vol's she's feeding good. her. is Vol, Vol, being the window nice is
0: cracked down. She has AC. Everything is good.
2: Well, shit, dude, just thinking about all this from what we've gone through from Winterstorm Yuri to the world ending to another uh, 8.0 ending. earthquake in the Pacific with like tsunami watches in Hawaii. Yeah, like 2021 is like starting off in a fucking tirade. But amidst all that, we've made it to the halfway point somehow in the NBA. And uh, yeah, All Star Weekend is going on as we speak. What the fuck happened, dude? Is it just mirrors? the year just flown by?
1: This is crazy. I mean, for an already shortened NBA season, for it to go by this quick and for so many surprises to come about that you weren't expecting, whether it's trades or teams, dynamics played out. Uh, it's going to be interesting to go through this award list because right. we had some preseason award picks. We did. Boom. I'm going to pull some receipts out. Hey. No worry. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for the number of players that are going to be in situations that we discuss, I don't think any of us saw yeah. a lot of this coming. This Not has been, at all, dude. This has been, I think, aside from maybe last year, this season we've seen the most unpredictable elements of any season. Going back to before LeBron was in Miami, like every year from 2011 – there was a one hundred percent bona fide favorite team, yeah. where there aren't, you know, existential circumstances that could prevent them from reaching their full potential right. in May and June. This year and last year, we haven't been able to put our finger on anything. No. Fucking Miami came out of the East last year, and now they're looking like a team that's on the outside looking in. Yeah,
2: I, I couldn't disagree with you more, man. I think I look at the NBA this year, and I look at the top four or five teams at each conference, and I think either one of them, if they can get hot, actually have a chance to win the championship. I think it's crazy. I look at like a team like Boston who, who, you know, we'll get into them as well, but I see like in the playoffs, it could take just the right spark and they could go on a run and be a contingent uh, uh, playoff team and be the Miami of last year as well. Same thing with the West, right? I mean, Utah, if Utah can keep up the way they're going as well, who the fuck knows what who comes out of the West as well? So this year, yeah, this year has been a shit show in uh, in terms of uh, what we predicted earlier in the year. But I think it's great for the casual NBA fan because it just shows so much unpredictability that we I don't think we had for like you said, Vol, for a very long time. And I'm excited to get into these season awards now because of it too, bro.
1: Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Um, just start it off with Damn, the dude. with the MVP award. The MVP of this year, bro. Uh, for me, man. Joel Embiid, dude. Come on now. Joel yes, Embiid. Sir. Do you all remember your, your preseason picks? I, I do not. I, I don't even remember. I preseason. do not. I remember Maybe. who you picked. Who you picked pick? Anthony Davis. I did pick Anthony Davis. Oh. Yes, you are right. Chef, I think, was a LeBron stan, and I was going with... I didn't go with LeBron. Who did I go with?
2: Did you go with Giannis?
1: No. Maybe. Yeah, I think I did go with yeah. Giannis. Yeah, for three in a row. So, and, we're I all mean, looking kind of shady. It's all good, bro. Yeah. And, and would have thought,
2: dude? Embiid's looking like a monster, dude. I mean, this is the... You see this comparison all the time and uh, thrown. I thought, like, I think Richard Jefferson threw this one out as well. A lot of comparisons this year are being thrown out for Joel Embiid and Hakeem Olajuwon. And, uh... Yeah, I think the national media is having a fun a fun time with this. I think in Houston, we won't ever take any Hakeem slander whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a player come close to being as Hakeem Olajuwon as I have Joel Embiid this year. This guy's a perfect player, dude. He's a beast defensively. He's probably the most unstoppable big man in the anywhere within the three-point line this year. Um, and Get 41% he's, from the three-point line. Yeah, man. and he's, he's the phenomenal the three-point shooter. And I think, you know, this year we learned that this team in Philly is built around Joel Embiid and not Ben Simmons. And for good reason, Joel Embiid is the present and
1: the future of this franchise. How quickly we forget how quickly we forget. We were just having this conversation. I want to say like two years ago Mm -hmm. where the question was in Philly, you know, obviously these two will not coexist. Who do we trade? And there were legitimate (laughs) media people dying on the hill that you build around Ben Simmons and you spread the court. Joel Embiid, it's tougher to win with a center. And you're seeing the exact opposite of that this year. From the get-go, I mean, Simmons is coming into form over the last seven or eight games. But the beginning of the season when Simmons was a negative, Embiid was really carrying this team. A team with a bunch of new revolving parts. And he's been a guy who makes his players better. Yeah. You know, he's made Tobias Harris look a lot better this Tobias year. Tobias
2: looks like he's actually like playing out of his contract right now. Like, we actually yeah. see that it's
1: worth it now. Seth Curry is having a career nice year coming over from already having been playing mm-hmm. with an awesome playmaker and Luka Doncic. Now Joel Embiid just opens the court up for him that much more. So, yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid, it's hard to argue against. Yeah. You know, Philly's the number one team in the East. They'd be the number two seed yeah. in the West if they moved over.
2: But who would have thought that Philly, like amidst all the great teams in the East right now, Philly's the one on top, and that without
1: any serious right. major moves either.
2: No, I don't think they really need a major move. I think one major move that they really had made. Penny, hi, Penny. We're talking to her dog. The dog need uh, her dog. His dog just needs a little bit of love and attention. That's all it is. And I mean, what can we say about love and attention, Chef? Don't I think we all? You're right, love dude. Attention. She has
0: that face that you can't just like not say anything we, to her. It's just
1: love, Penny. Like, is. and
2: she's just shaking her butt at us, telling us that she loves us? I mean, follow. I see why you love your dog so much. She's such a cutie pie.
1: Everything in life's better with the dog. I think it really is, really, dude. It really is, dude.
2: But yeah, dude. I, I was gonna say about uh, with with Joel and me. I think the biggest thing for Philly this year was kind of like an addition by subtraction. I think getting rid of Al Horford uh played wonders for this team. Oh my god, petty
0: <laughs> But you're absolutely right, man. I had Joel Embiid as my MVP as well, man. The numbers that he's throwing up is just ridiculous, man. 30 points, man, averaging 50% from the field goal, 41% from the three-point line and 11 rebounds, man. That's just insane. Penny all right man well yeah like I was saying dude he's throwing up some crazy numbers and really I was not expecting this starting out this year I don't even remember if I did pick LeBron James as my MVP candidate I think he's still having a great year this year as well but man Joel Embiid really I think shocked everybody coming out playing this way for Philly man so yeah man I have Joel Embiid taking this MVP candidate
1: Okay. I'm, I'm going to throw a hot take into this. I to me. Bro. I, don't, I don't think Joel Embiid is the undisputed MVP okay. candidate. Who do you have? So I think there's a close second. going to tell me Brad. Is it Bradley Joker? Beal? Bradley Beal's team is too boo-boo for him to get an no, MVP, okay. but he should get an All-NBA. The no Joker? doubt. I would say Nikola Jokic, and there's a lot of Nikola Jokic stands out there. A lot of people think he is the MVP. I just don't think you're going to win a championship with a laterally deficient big man who is difficult to play in a seven-game series because he's been so iffy on his conditioning. My MVP, though, right behind Joel Embiid. Baby, come on now. He's on the wall all around my apartment. Oh, my God. God. James Harden. Okay. James Harden. The Nets are 14-5 and since he came over from Houston. And in that 19-game stretch... How many games has Kyrie missed? How many games has KD missed? The only consistency has been James Harden commandeering that team with 25 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, shooting 50% from the field so far with the Nets, and 42% from three. The efficiency that he's doing it in. He's only... You know, giving you about 20% usage, which was down from his 30% in Houston. So he's playing off the ball more. He's basically doing everything they said he couldn't do. And leading the Nets to within being a half game behind of the Sixers on a seven game winning streak.
2: See, I would completely agree with you. I think just the narrative for how his year has gone amongst the media of like giving, quote unquote, giving up on the Rockets and then going to Brooklyn. I think that narrative just isn't there. But I'm completely with you. I think James Harden has dropped a step. And I think this whole transition to being the true point guard of the Brooklyn Nets it's phenomenal. I think people forget that he led the league in assists playing with the Rockets as well. Like this isn't something new for him, right? Exactly. Like, like this, he's been leading and like commandeering, uh, an offense for this whole time and succeeding. I think
1: the first year with D'Antoni, he averaged 29 and 11 is the full time. Come of this team with the second best player being Eric Gordon.
2: I think that you know, one of the years that he had like 36 points or he was averaging something like that he was still averaging nine assists with that too. Like, I mean, come on now, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like two guards. Now that are averaging 25, 26 will barely have two, three assists. And this guy's doing it all. So
1: we're, we're going to look back one day when James Harden retires and truly shame ourselves for the casual basketball fans we are for not appreciating the greatness that the stroke of his beard provided us.
2: I think all the point guards and shooting guards coming up, although like, uh, you know, I think the, um, the ones that we're looking at right now, like deer and Fox is the John Morant's, I think a lot of them as they're going to progress into their career, into their primes are going to emulate more of a James Harden type game rather than like a Russ or any other like point guard shooting guard esque player. I think that just, it transitions so well throughout your career.
1: You know, I'm thinking just the not longevity to, of it, man. You're right. Yeah. Not, and he definitely has old man games. So I think this will translate well into his thirties, but just thinking back from when we started watching basketball with the T-Mac Yao days back in yeah. 2004, 2005, I don't remember the jump shot being a thing. Not no. not the jump shot, the step-back jump shot being a thing. No, I don't remember a player like significantly making use of it. And truly, you want to talk about guys revolutionizing the game. Obviously, Steph Curry's made it to where everyone has to be able to shoot a three-pointer or else you're a liability on one end of the court. James Harden, you know, branding you know making it his signature move a shot that you see at almost every level of basketball now yeah no lifetime fitness i hit him with the step back boom people crown me the middle eastern beard boom we're we're by royalty bro sometimes most of the time they do yeah royalty royalty no but you're you're absolutely
2: right bro i mean how much are we seeing it now in the league too like Luca's doing it now right do they go in sometimes (laughs) you dig they do (laughs) They do. At least I don't 45. I think you'd get that, man. But I so You would. You. Come on now. It took them a <laughs> <Really>? bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, I'm with you. Like, I, th- I think that... Th- you know, that step back has been used a lot now in the league today as well. And I think it's going to be continue to be used. And I, I think looking back at it, maybe five, ten years from now, we're all going to look at James and be like, hey, once you finally win this ring in Brooklyn, uh, you've cemented yourself as one of the GOATs, if not already one of the okay. GOATs. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. So we'll get there. Uh, so, damn, dude, we, we, we made some talking about MVP. Let's get a defensive player of the year. What do you guys think is going to be the sustaining defensive player of the year for next year?
1: It's been, I think, the, the best perimeter defender in the NBA over the last couple of years. Okay. I'm always a proponent, by the way, of the perimeter guy getting it over the big guy. I think as a perimeter guy, in today's NBA where everything is so focused around swinging the ball around, making rotations in your defensive sets, fighting through pick and rolls, I think the wing player makes a bigger impact on the defensive side of the ball, which is why when Marc Gasol barely won it over LeBron James back in 2013, Mm -hmm. which would have added beautifully to LeBron's resume for the GOAT. Um, I was, I was jarred. So this year, to keep it true to things, I think the Defense Player of the Year is one of the best defenders on a team that I think has two of the five best defenders in the NBA, and that's Ben Simmons playing next to Joel Embiid. I think they're anchoring. That defense is really what's propelled Philly yeah. to consistent top dog status in the East yeah. this year. So Ben Simmons is the one who makes it happen. And he's not just a defender who will shut down the other team's best player. By the way, whether that player is a one a two a three a four sometimes even a five ben simmons can make that cover but what really separates him is his defense leads to easy buckets yeah and i don't think that can be emphasized enough into the importance of this award which is why i think lebron was so destined for it that one year his you know intercepting the passing lanes slamming layups off the glass on fast breaks I think his defense took like directly took points away from the other team and added some easy ones for his. And that's what Ben Simmons is doing this year, man. He's looked he's looked unbelievable in the last month of the season. Um I don't regret the Rockets not making the Ben Simmons move yet. <laughs> um, I've... I'm not ready to walk myself off the ledge just yet. But he's looking like, you know, the kind of guy who can be maybe the second best guy on a championship team.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think I think Ben Simmons has taken a lot of good steps defensively. I mean, people forget last year he was still first team all defense. And yeah. I mean, he's always been a defensive guy, uh, which people I don't think give him enough credit for. I think he's progressing nicely. I think the only problem that people have with Ben Simmons is I think he came in with so much hype into the league. And we, ex- we expected him by like year four or five, he'd be like a 25 and 10 guy. And I mean, people forget that, yo man, his stat line is still really good. I think we just give too much expectation of what he should be, but he's progressing out to be a very fine basketball player. And I think somebody, like you said, Vala, that can I think he can end up being a, the best player on a championship team if he just ends up getting a better uh, jump shot. Not even a three-point shot, just a, even a mid-range shot. But uh, I, to me, um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Vala, but I still think the defensive player of the year for me is Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think the Stifle Tower is uh, just a, a fucking monster in the paint. I think, you know, going back to what your point was, um, I think a lot of the big men of this age have it a lot harder than what they did previously. It's because the big men of this age, especially the ones that we see now, like uh, with Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, a lot of these like more athletic uh, big men, is that you're going to have to switch onto these smaller guys no matter what. I think the defenses now that are played always have a lot of pick and roll based uh, stuff and a lot of just screens being set in which the big man automatically is going to have to end end up getting on a smaller guard point guard shooting guard or yeah. a three as for, well for that very purpose exactly yeah. and I, I think you have to be able to do that is to hold your own within that and still be a deep you know that uh that defensive like threat in the paint paint that pretty much just guards the paint at all times Uh, And I think Gobert does that. Rudy Gobert leads the league, has led the league multiple times in blocks. He's still anchoring the best uh, team in the NBA's defense, which is still weird to say that Utah Jazz are the best team in the NBA. He's anchoring (laughs) that defense. And I think he's won it previously in different iterations of the Jazz that weren't as good. And for the Jazz to be this good now, uh, and... You know Rudy Gobert pretty much being the anchor of that defense. I think it's it's wholeheartedly on the Utah Jazz, and I think Rudy Gobert gets that. Uh, it's
0: so a three time Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I think and uh, I think to that point again as well. Like, uh, you I know his numbers at, are proving it, man. I, right. I
0: look at Rudy and it's like it's
2: crazy to think that he's worth two hundred million dollars, but I mean. Man, he's such a good system player. Like, if you can have somebody as good as him defensively on offense, which I think Donovan Mitchell has the opportunity to be. I don't think he's there yet, but he can be. I think that uh, that equalizes a team very well if you have good pieces around them. And I think Utah's a complete team. Like, I, I I look at this Utah team, and I don't see any deficiencies. And I think each player knowing their own role so well. And I think Rudy Gobert has played that defensive yeah, that anchor role yeah. for so long. And I think now he's perfected it. I think he's looking agree, really man. good in that role. So to award him, yeah, I will give him the Defensive Player of the Year again this year, bro. Okay, so,
1: I mean, we don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about the Utah Jazz on this podcast (laughs) for good reasons. Yes, But while we're on that topic, Rudy Gobert is almost like the defensive version of James Harden, right? You know, like if James Harden's on your team, you're going to be one of the 10 best offensive teams in the NBA, right? Rudy Gobert does the same thing for you defensively. Having a guy who's still young, who can still move around the court, play heavy minutes and give you, you know, at least 75% of the regular season games, that's going to do a lot for your defense when the anchor plays that kind of role. So man, the, what hurt the jazz last year, I feel like was uh, Bogdanovich yeah. getting injured before the playoffs, having him, having that other playmaker next to Mitchell that really, when we saw those playoff series against the Rockets, that's where Utah looked bad, man. Yeah, they, It was hard for them to find offense, to find buckets in the third, fourth quarter uh, when the defense really honed in on Mitchell.
2: I'm with you, dude. I think Bogdanovich was huge. And I think one thing that we're seeing this year as well, Mike Conley was having a horrible year last year. He's having year. a little comeback year. He, he's an all-star this year, right? It's yeah. the first time all-star this year because of injuries. But, I mean, he's he's balling out. He's, I think he's having the most efficient year he's had uh, by far next to Donovan Mitchell and you know we'll get to, to six man of the year but you know Do- Jordan Clarkson just been fucking I had phenomenal man Jordan Clarkson, yeah and yeah. you know it, you know Joe Ingles knows his role very well like this team is just very deep is very smart and each player knows his role and, and, they've all,
1: and they've all been together Yeah, the core of this team has been trying to get over the hump together for the last three four years yeah, they so come I short I mean matters.
2: yeah I think the Utah Jazz were the Rockets like beating block in the first round every time every time we played Donovan Mitchell I was like and uh, Rudy Gobert I was like this is GG Clint Capella owned Rudy Gobert in the playoffs yeah and james arden just ran circles around Donovan. it wasn't even close like the way we used to beat him but the gee, now the, the, now the team looks damn good like i think donovan hopefully if donovan could keep progressing i mean uh shit yeah the jazz can go really far i mean do they have the expertise right now in the veteranship to get past somebody like the lakers the clippers i don't know but uh this team is completely like it's complete i i don't i, I wouldn't add could anything. you
0: see an upset though
2: yeah, if it's any team, I, I could see this team being an upset. But I don't know, man. It's, it's just something about the Utah Jazz in the playoffs um, that just it, it, they always end up just coming too short. It's always because they never had enough in the playoffs. Like Rudy Gobert ends up not uh, performing well offensively in the playoffs for some reason. And the whole offensive burden just falls on Donovan Mitchell. And I think that just burns out his
1: 20 something year old guy. Yeah. And I mean, they never have the best player on the court. Never. Donovan Mitchell and Gobert are both great players, but. In playoff series against teams like the Houston Rockets and James Harden, the Lakers and LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell is never going to be the best player on the court. And so when he's the only guy and the strain of the offense is on him and he already is having a talent deficit against the other team's best players, it's going to be hard to overcome that. But, you know, I think they have the pieces to try to mitigate that this year. They'll be be interesting when we talk about playoff predictions. So, chef, we we gave ours uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah, bro. I, had, man, yours, bro? I had
0: Rudy Gobert as well, man. The yeah, I got him for the three times, only because of the fact that his numbers are solid, like you said, dude. He's a strictly defensive person, and he's just been on the up and up. So, yeah, yeah, the
2: Jazz are gonna be interesting this year, bro. Like, like I said, like I, I don't think uh, for all Jonathan, the shit
0: that y'all been giving the Jazz, yeah. man, they've been listening to our podcast. Yeah, I think so, bro. I, I
2: think they've been listening and saying yeah. that, yeah. hey guys, they have the internet in Utah. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Yeah, women
0: in Utah as well. What the women, they don't they, have good yeah, pizza though, is, man. They do not have good pizza. <laughs>
2: by goodness, yeah. No, it's Utah. We hate you. We love you at the same time. Please give us some good basketball at least this year. And uh, unfortunately, sticking with uh, uh, Utah in my case, follow. Who do you have as your six man of the year, fam? Six man.
1: <laughs> I've got the guy who plays basketball mm-hmm. as if he has headphones in the entire time he's hooping. <laughs> <laughs> the dog Jordan Clarkson. Boom. The Filipino treasure of the NBA, Jordan Clarkson. Is he Filipino? He's half Filipino. I did not yeah. know this. I wow. didn't know it until yesterday. <laughs> I have a bunch of Filipino coworkers rave about him That's all awesome. the time. And if you're in the hospital you'll have plenty of Filipino coworkers. <laughs> But, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, man, he's, again, you want to talk about pieces on a team? Jordan Clarkson's the bench guy, the one who gives them instant offense off the bench they've lacked in recent years. Really having a career year this year. He's
0: 17 points off the bench, right? 18 or something,
1: right? Off of good efficiency, too. He's never been an efficiency guy, but he's given you 45% from the field and 37 from three. Now it leads the league in free throw percentage, 97% free throw shooter. Jesus so Christ. having oh. that off your bench, a guy who's going to have the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter, he might get to the line. You know, it's, it's always confidence. It's a luxury that yeah. as Rockets fans, we've had over the years, Eric Gordon, baby, that, you know, Eric Gordon, yeah. James Harden and former yeah. Yao Ming, our center was shooting technical free throws for us. So. The importance of having guys who can knock down free throws at the end of games for playoff situations too. You're going to have a backcourt at times of Bogdanovich, Clarkson, and Mitchell, and all three of those guys can get to the rim, can create their own shots, and can finish at the free throw line. So Utah's going to be good, man. And I think Clarkson really taking the next step this year in embracing his role. I think he's a big reason why.
2: I I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you, bro. I George Clarkson's Clarkson. yeah, he, he's a six man for me too. I think, like you said, to all your points, follow. I think this guy's playing a lot like that Lou Williams role of like just coming off the bench and give you a 30 piece any night. It, this guy, he's great. And the thing about that, that, that I like more about year. him is <laughs> a lot of these guys that are that end up being six men of the year, I don't want to say they end up being like a liability on defense, but they're usually not the best defensive player, a la Lou Williams, right? Lou Williams has been a, like a liability on, on defense every fucking year, but he's so good offensively that it just makes up for it. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's a pretty good, I would say like an average-esque defender. Yeah, he's got the size. Exactly. So uh, he's 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 good off the switch and on top of that he can guard multiple uh, multiple positions. So I think he's just a net positive for this team. And this year uh, was phenomenal. I think if they want to go, I think he can get better too. I think that's a scarier thing. I think he can end up be getting better. And they can actually run small ball. Technically, think about it, like we just said, right? They can have a four man lineup of Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and throw Rudy Gobert in the center. Like yeah. they can run a, they can run a, like stupid lineups in. In Utah, and I think Jordan Clarkson gives enough that flexibility, too. Yeah. He's Absolutely,
1: still young. Man. Yeah. He's only, he's only, what, like 26 years old, yeah. I think? They're
2: all, that, whole, that whole core is going to get better together, which is old. scary. Right? Nabil, how old like, are you, Nabil? I'm 27.
0: 27? Yeah. Oh, man. Vala? 28. 28. Okay. Damn.
2: We're in our, we'd be in our basketball primes right now. You would you'd be in there. This would be the, the prime of our you basketball You coming career off the right bench, now.
0: Nabil, hitting 17 bro, points bro, a like game, 20, 18. 20,
2: 27 is where... All right, let, let
0: me ask you small. guys. You guys played varsity basketball and everything. Did you guys feel the pressure going to the line to shoot a free throw every game?
1: Shoot a free throw? I didn't know because if I was ever in the game, the free throws didn't matter. Mm. Like We were already up bro. by so much that they would put me in. Oh, it was like that. I was a, bro. I was a bench warmer. For bro, ben, our basketball team yeah. was competitive. Yeah, we had a what? Trash.
2: Daniel House played during the same time that we did. Daniel House is an NBA player now. Bunch There's, of bunch of guys who went Yeah, pro. Kelly Oubre played in the, in the league while we were there at Ben Bush, and now he's in the league. The Harrison, uh, twins. The Harrison twins, Look at you Cameron, Cameron, what Jordan or Cameron Ridley? Right, that was the guy's name. He went to Texas.
1: Angelo Harrison, Angelo Harrison went to St. John. Don't, don't forget my guy, Pops, Pops, Anthony yeah, O'duncy. Anthony O'Duncey. But we got to get my boy New on the podcast. New Zealand basketball legend Anthony O'Duncey. Anthony, we're waiting for
2: you on the podcast, man. We can't we want to hear about more about your book, man? That's about, we're excited to see that. Shout
0: out to the Wake Up Call. Hey, it's a great book. <laughs> So, right. the bill, man, this one was kind of exciting for me, man. The most improved player. Oh, we're going All next. Right? Yeah, for He was Jordan Clarkson as
2: well. Yes, so, this was, a, this was a consensus Easy. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, bring, uh, so talk So talking about the most improved Joe, Chef. Who do you so, have? So, man,
0: I had... Uh, this was my favorite. I had Kevin Durant. Coming Kevin Durant, okay. Coming off the Achilles... Doing the numbers that he's doing right now points, 29.7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 50% from the field goal. Yeah, he's he's he, a fucking monster. It looks like he hasn't even gotten hurt, bro. Like, it was just a rest season for this guy coming in to throw these sort of numbers. Unbelievable, yeah, man. man. Bro, it's weird, right? Like, I, I think Valmi and
2: you were talking about this as well. Like, KD looks like he's gotten better right like in certain
0: aspects of it, like he looks quick
2: off the dribble like he looks like he, he's I've never seen him faster off the dribble than I see now uh he's pulling up from whenever and defensively it's like he wants to be there he's actually using his length for like an advantage this year and being like a solid stretch four. um yeah dude this is it's an anomaly I think KD could all if he was like healthy this year it would be in the running for MVP as well uh so yeah it's, it's crazy KD's an anomaly I think he's back to being a top five player in the league I don't think he ever left now the
1: last stretch of KD healthy in Golden State before he tore the Achilles. I don't know if you guys remember this. He played against the Clippers in that first round series where the Clippers stole a couple games from Golden State. Uh-huh. And Beverly was like talking shit to Durant and trying to rile him up. Bro, Kevin Durant went on like a seven game stretch in the playoffs that year where he was averaging about like 40, Jesus eight and 8. So he looked like he was ready to take the throne from LeBron as the best player in basketball. During that 2019 playoff run, I mean, even if he's 80% of that, he's still one of the five best basketball players in the world. Easy. And and that's what people forget about him when they talk about his comeback from an Achilles. He'll probably never be that Kevin Durant that we saw during that playoff run again because he's 32 with a history of injuries coming off an Achilles. But just being a 6'11 guy with a stroke... He plays like a point guard. With a ball handling ability and basketball IQ that really is second to none at his position, being a seven-foot wing guy. I mean, that's what more do you want? Yeah. 29 a game on what I think is the best team out east in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Probably the guy in that locker room where if they're all sitting at dinner and they ask, like, oh, who are we giving the ball to at the end of the game? Everyone would probably agree. It's Kevin Durant. Just a
0: casual look over to the I agree, right. Just everybody
1: just looks just, at KD sitting, like sitting He's sitting at the head of the table, like the fucking Don Corleone that he is. Like they this, all look down at him,
2: like the head of House Slytherin. His like casual, right there, bro. yo,
0: what's up?
1: <laughs> Kyrie looks down. He's like, bro, th- if this was the moon, that would be the edge of the moon. Right now. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: nah, bro, I'm completely with you, man. I, I think uh, I, I had a different choice and most improved just because I think the term most improved like it looks like he hasn't fucking like dropped a beat at all like this guy just looks amazing and i think to your point brooklyn is by far the most talented team in i think in the nba especially now since what the the news dropped today of like blake griffin joining the fucking nets like jesus christ are we looking at that starting five like four all-stars and deandre jordan like holy fuck that's your starting five right now And who knows if they make another move in the all uh, during the the trade deadline which is still a couple of weeks away and they end up getting like a an expiring contract like Andre Drummond or something like go, holy fuck.
1: Then you have five guys that were all all stars just on that team. Or even someone as as small as a PJ Tucker to have off the bench. I That's mean, you've be been trying wonders. to get rid of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I
2: think PJ would end up.
1: I, I, that'd be a solid. He's be just been doing cardio on the That's Rockets, it, yeah. bro. He needs that money to go to use elsewhere.
2: He's like, let me just make a point right? That'd be a, that'd be a nice small ball lineup right there with Blake Griffin at the five and PJ at the four, and then three of the best players in the NBA uh, on that team as well. Oh like PJ got has to look pretty. That's all he has to do. Yeah, just
1: look pretty, you know. With his thick Br- Get that thick cake, the cake out on the court and then showcase your 100,000 shoe collection. That's
2: it. That's all you have to do. I think I think it's the match made in heaven. Come on, PJ. Let's get you to Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, Chef, for me, uh, I'm going to stick in the same city uh, but i'm gonna go with uh, right across the borough and we're gonna be going to madison square garden where Ooh. there's a guy by the name of julius randall oh, who's deserving the most amount of respect and i think we look at him and say all right bro you're fucking legit all right i mean whoever thought who would think that the new york knicks are in the middle of the fucking playoff contention right now are looking like a serious threat in the east uh i think the new york knicks Uh, Their future just looks so fucking bright now. RJ Barrett uh, and Julius Randle, that looks like a combination for the fucking future right now as well. Uh, And they have so much other young talent on there. Honestly, I think that if there's a player, I think if somebody like Devin Booker gets tired of a small market and just pushes himself to New York Knicks, they're one piece away, I think, from being a serious, serious contender out East. And Julius Randle has shown that I think he can be the second best player on a championship team easily. So... I, yeah, I think to me, he, he's the most improved player. He can shoot the three. He can. He's pretty much, uh, I look at it, but I think he's kind of like what Zion is today. Obviously, I think Zion's going to get a lot better and probably be an MVP candidate. But today, uh, he's just as good. Uh, I think he's just as good as Zion today. So, yeah, man, I think for me, it's Julius Randle, fam.
1: He's got, he's got the face-up 10 to 15 game range. He's got the ability to finish at the rim. He's a lefty, so he can be crafty with the ball. Bro, Julius Randle's just always had the misfortune of being put in a bad situation from the get-go, right? With the Lakers. Yes. First game of the season with the Lakers, his rookie year, he breaks his leg out for the rest of the season. Comes God back, damn. Kobe's farewell farewell tour. Yeah. Not a good situation. He bounces around from team to team and he's finally found a team where they're showcasing him as that guy. Yeah. And I think he's always had it in him. He's always had some good seasons, you know, double digit scoring throughout his career. A starter on some team, six man on the other, but the Knicks built well around him, and they're half a game away from home court advantage. That's fucking crazy. In the Eastern Conference Finals, it's official. To where Tillman Fertitta is officially the worst owner in basketball. James Dolan has just jumped a rung. Onto being the second worst owner. We
2: we thought James basketball. Dolan was crazy like yeah. and now we're looking at this team and we're saying holy fuck this Selling looks Jeff like one of, Bezos buy- Yeah, like this looks like one of the best young cores in the NBA right now. Like or one of the better young cores in the NBA right now to build around. So holy fuck man, Jay, we were wrong about James Dolan all along. He was just the evil genius that we never thought.
0: All these people just looking at our our podcast right now man just all, hearing all this shit that y'all been saying about them. it is what it Making is the, man. y'all doing some good things for we these try, guys bro. man all like, I'm we, saying. we're just putting like
2: a we're putting like a fire underneath their asses to just pretty much get them going from here that's all that's Dude, all you're all just the is.
0: extra push they needed off that that's cliff in the bill that's all it is that's it
2: vola talk to me fam who is your most improved player
1: for the year as well we got some choices over here we got two new yorkers who you got i like julius randall i like the fact that He's finally become that guy solidified himself as an all-star, as a guy that you can build a team around or at least be a centerpiece. One, you know, 2A, 2B star on a championship contender. But the guy I'm picking has literally gone from a bench dude to being... What I think would be one of the top three guys on a championship team. And doubling all his stats in the process. This is a guy I've wanted Houston to get all year long. Oh, I know who you're going with. And I considered Christian Wood to be a good consolidation effort award winner. After we lost out on this guy in free agency. I'm going with my guy. The guy who's always given the Rockets fit. Bat from his Thunder days. And then on his Nugget days. I'm going with Jeremy Grant, man. Ooh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant has doubled. Almost every statistical category known to man, he's gone from being a 12-point a game guy off the bench in Denver to averaging 24 a game in Detroit wow. as a starter there. And these aren't, you know, these aren't boo-boo losing stat numbers. He's shooting the ball pretty well, 44% from the field, 36% from three, 90% free throw shooter. So he went from being a be- a bench guy in Denver. Giving you 12 points and 3 rebounds a game off the bench to giving you 24 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists a game as a starter in Detroit. And, you know, he's another one of those guys who, he's got the wingspan, he's got the athleticism, unbelievable hops, fast, quick, great pick and roll switch guy in Denver. He's a guy you can put in a 3 or four situation in, in any lineup at the end of the game and know that you have one of your best defenders on the court at an important position.
2: Yeah, I, I think when I look at him, Valo, I think that was one of the main reasons why I think Detroit was so comfortable buying out Blake Griffin was just being able to see like um, the development of this guy right now and seeing that, hey, this could probably be... Like you said, bro, I, 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 did, you know, I see kind of now why LeBron wanted him so badly. Like, this guy... He looks like he could be the perennial—I don't want to say face of a franchise, but definitely somebody that can get you really deep into the playoffs. And I think if Detroit wants to go full like implode mode, they could probably build around this guy and actually build
1: something nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's still young. He's only 26 years old. Yeah. So, so that's my guy, at least. You know, there's there's a few other runner-up guys, but Chef, you had KD. I'm um, going Jeremy Grant and then Nabil. You had. Julius Randle? Julius Randle, fan. Who's another guy we're missing Zach, Levine. Chris, Zach Levine. Zach yeah, Levine? Yeah, he's taking the next step. I thought that's what you were
2: going to say. Zach Levine looks nice. Like, he looks like a, uh, I, I remember at first, it was like, you know, who's the best shooting guard in the league? And it was just James Harden. Nobody had a conversation. But now I think you can put that conversation with Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine. I think that conversation is there now of, people, of guys getting to that level. Um, so yeah, it, Zach Levine has definitely been a nice player as well this year, bro. He, he's shoot, he has the green light every fucking night. So yeah, I think there's a lot of guys this year that took a big-ass step, man.
1: He was always a borderline all-star. He gave you yeah. 26, 5, and 4 last year. But just that next step that he's taken this year. Yeah, he's always crazy, like Crazy that this is his first all-star selection, too. Yeah just 25 years old yeah
2: he's gonna get better too which is scary like i think his he has one like he's he's so athletic that it, it just makes him naturally good but i think like he's gonna get more skill throughout the next couple of years he's only 25 that's yeah. what i'm saying i don't think he's had his prime yet and he's never had like a catastrophic injury knock on wood
1: so how bad is minnesota feeling right now Losing Zach Levine, Jesus. ending up with Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. You lose Andrew Wiggins, you're probably going to end up losing Carl Anthony yeah, Towns. Yeah, Cat's leaving. There's no way. Two staying. years left on his contract. I think yeah. he's bad. I don't think they'll do anything with him this year, but I think no. he's an offseason departure for sure. In Minnesota, you can't, Andy, I can't help but hurt. And yeah, had Jimmy Buckets, who and was in the finals had last year. Jimmy Buckets, yeah.
2: He was in the finals last year going toe for toe with
1: Coincidence, you know, his first, his only year in Minnesota is one of their only playoff appearances in That's the last so two funny. decades.
2: Yeah, talk about a poorly run franchise. Holy fuck! Yeah, I, Carl. And the sad thing is, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best centers in this league. You know, talent wise, I would say he's easily one of the best centers in this league. And the fact that he's wasting his career out there, like he could be a he could be a piece on a championship team. So, I hope he ends up leaving too. I think they just need to start fresh with Anthony with Anthony Edwards and just go forward from there. Come to Houston. Come to Houston. I love it. We'll make it worth your time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So we so from most improved, bro. Let's go to rookie of the year. I think this one's always a fun one. Uh, are we all in consensus on this one, bro? You have to be.
1: You have to be. I'm sorry. LaMelo ball?
2: LaMelo ball is okay. easy. Thank year, you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, what is there to say, man? LaMelo, I think, is LaMelo's easily looking like a million times around Alonzo every day to his rookie year. There's the best th- ball out there. The best ball out there. His well, ball is impressive. Yeah. He's, He's Lamar's favorite. He's the biggest one.
1: He's the biggest ball, brother. He's the yeah. biggest
2: yeah. ball, brother? Yeah. Jello's looking at you like fucking from the D-League, just like giving you the evil eye, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, if he can last longer than a ten day contract, we'll give him a little evil eye back. But Ooh. we'll we'll save our Middle Eastern evil eyes for those worthy. I love it.
2: Lamella ball, bro. I mean, this guy looks like he gave you <laughs> the face of the,
1: the the hornets within a couple of years. Oh, I think you can build around Lamella Ball. Yeah, Lamelo Ball is a ball you can build around. I mean, sixteen points, six rebounds, six assists. The dude wasn't even a starter on yeah. day one. How cra how even like to make the football analogy Deshaun Watson was getting his ass benched in his rookie year for Tom for, Savage. For Tom, fucking Savage. People wanted
2: to make the argument that Tom Savage <laughs> should be fucking starting over Deshaun Watson.
1: <laughs> like sometimes we just we overcomplicate oh sports. Oh my god! And Lamelo Ball is a baller, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say ball again in this <laughs> sentence. I promise. But he's just he's a guy who can create for others as a rookie already having that IQ that pro background that yeah. he has from a very young age um being able to create for himself now now that he's developing a consistent Dude's shooting 38% yeah. from 3 already as, as a rookie, rookie dude on a high volume attempt rate too yeah
2: him and scary terry look nice in the backcourt too like scary that, terry they look yeah. they look nice in the backcourt as well so would be nice to have him over kemba walker as a Celtics fan right now oh 100% are you kidding <laughs> me <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, we're going to get to that as well. But, um, yeah, they look – the Hornets look like they're in a good good shape right now as well. I think they have one too many guards. I think they still have that guard that LaMelo took over the position of last year who averaged like 20 points a game as Monk? well. Monk? No, not Malik Monk. Malik There's Malik? The, other, the other guy who's a rookie. Graham? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Devontae Graham. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to trade one of those guys. If I was them, I'd trade – because your backcourt now has Devontae Graham – Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier, you essentially don't need all three of them. you got to trade one of them.
1: And you're still getting some point-forward run from Gordon Hayward as right. well. So, yeah, I think it's it's a little saturated back yeah. there. In I there think you
2: court. try getting a good big man uh, or somebody that could probably play a four or five. If I was the Hornets, I'd try going all-in on John Collins. I think that would probably like perfect your team right there if you can have a big three or a big four right there with Lamella Ball, John Collins, and Terry Rozier. And it's with, not
1: going to take that much to get John Collins. No. You know, it, he's on an expiring deal. He's going to be a free agent. Um. He's a guy a lot of Houston fans have looked at favorably. Yeah. But, yeah, the Char- I think Charlotte's in a good place right now. They, they've got that. a lot of young players, a lot of assets, cap space coming up. And, bro, they're half a game away from – really, from home court advantage, they're one and a half games away. They're right now the seventh seed. Uh, they'd be right there in that play-in spot yeah. or possibly being a home team in the playoffs. So, yeah, I like it. I like where Charlotte's at. And LaMilla Ball has been a good surprise for them.
2: Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree – uh, I couldn't agree more with you right now. So yeah, I think we're all in consensus over here, Chef. Do you have any differing opinion on this?
1: Nah, dude.
0: This dude is just taking this. He's taking the Rookie of the Year by the horns, bro. He got it. Fifteen, six, and six, forty-five shooting from the field. Like you said, bro, he's the best ball out there.
2: I like Anthony Edwards, though. He's I I think he's had nice little flashes. I don't think he's had like a completely good like you know what I'm saying like a year that I can look at like averaging fifteen, sixteen yeah. a game. I think he's gonna be nice in a couple of years, but I, there's. I like him. Yeah. It's it's kind of easy to be good on Minnesota when like the whole office is predicated upon you though, though. Yeah, oh, that's, that's very
1: true. Say. Very true.
2: Yeah. So I think that would be good right there as well. Um, so damn, dude. Yeah. So I think we're all in consensus over here for that. I think what now we're going to the last what the last stage right now, which would end up being coach of the year.
0: Coach of the year. Yeah, okay. dude,
2: coach of the year. So who do you guys have as the coach of the year for me? Um, I'm probably going to have to go with, uh, Quinn Snyder out West in Utah. I mean, who would have thought Utah would end up having a good year this year, like we thought. And I think Quinn Snyder is proving himself to be one of the better coaches in this league. Um, so yeah, I think we look at the continuation of this whole team and Quinn Snyder has been one of the main things as well that stayed consistent throughout this whole time. Quinn Snyder has pretty much grown with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert and this whole core and has been there pretty much picking out the little pieces that would essentially support them. And I think he's finally found that perfect, you know, uh, that perfect, uh, I guess, pizza to have with uh, with pretty much Jonathan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert being the main ingredients. So, the
0: perfect pizza, man. It's the perfect
2: pizza, bro. They gotta have that fucking food analogy right there, but yeah, bro. <laughs> it, it's Quinn Snyder for me, fam. Did you
1: really just describe a basketball team as the perfect pizza? That's all
2: it is, fam. Mamma mia, you know what I'm saying? Bring out the Italiano. That's all it is, fam. That's all it is. I'm dead. You got to. But yeah, bro. Who's your who's your coach, here, Jeff, fam? talk to me. Jeff man, was I was shook just right so now. shook that she, I, mean, you I have was to. okay. I have
0: to, bro. You know, I thought he was referencing <laughs> the the Michael Jordan pizza. No, bro,
2: it's the pizza, fam. It's but, the pizza, what it is.
0: No, dude, Neville, you, you're absolutely right, man. From what the the Utah Jazz have been doing this year, from the shit that we've been giving them. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> I gotta, gotta give it that, to him, pizza, man. Pizza, bro? I'm with you. We gonna all sit down and have the pizza together, it, bro. bro right, we man. give we with the Utah, Utah Jazz Utah right now. When we went, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Neville you you surprised me, dude. I have known you for years now, and you still surprise me. Shit. The
1: look in Chef's eyes was the look I've had on many math exams in my college <laughs> experience when I see the first question on the test.
0: You was a brown person having those expressions on your face looking at a math exam?
1: Come yeah, I mean, I'm bronze, so not as brown as you guys. All right, that's fair. That's I fair. was more like uh,
0: I was never a science type of person, so I guess as me with those. Yeah. But shoot, that's a little different, nurse. But n- forget all that. Vala man. What's up?
1: Who you got? Coach of the year, man. 2021 goes to white privilege. Steve Nash. Ooh. 24 and 13, half a game away from the first seat out east, with so many new pieces. Kyrie disappearing for a stretch having to acclimate James Harden, losing Kevin Durant for 13, 14 games. That's my guy. That's yeah. my selection, man. It's got to be, for me, it's got to be the Brooklyn Nets and the cross-bearer for white privilege itself, Stephen White man, Victoria's Secret Nash. Wow,
2: Steve Nash, bro. I think he's had such a so, good
1: it, year, the this year. like,
0: "Where'd you get the Victoria's Secret?" From? That's
1: his nickname. Yeah, so Victoria he played Steve Nash. Wait, hold on. Steve Nash is Victoria's Secret. Is his nickname? Wow, from you where? Didn't from? No, he uh, played ball in a city called Victoria and got very little uh, looks from collegiate ranks. Uh, so oh, he I was known as he so was known as Victor- Victoria's Secret
0: okay so, fun, so fact, fun, fun fact fun fact that's adorable fun fact yeah. my bad no going to cut you off go ahead Adam. oh no you're it's good Victoria's Secret no go after
1: you, you make the pizza comment you're gonna get cut off with I'm pizza. gonna get cut off with pizza, <laughs>
0: but I got to but uh, go ahead perfect pizza
2: perfect, perfect pizza my friend come on uh yeah, no, dude, for me, it, it, like, I look at Steve Nash, bro, and I just find it a couple uh, weird. I still find it weird that he's a coach right now. More importantly. That D'Antoni is his assistant. That's
1: pretty much the weirdest thing. Just
2: what like, kind I, of pizza is that? It's a fucked up pizza. You pretty much got two pizzas right next to each other, all right? That's not one pizza it's essentially two pizzas. you're putting that
1: pizza in the microwave bro you're oh, not easily. even cooking it's that, Brooklyn though. style yeah,
2: it's it's Brooklyn style with like ass done bro it's 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 not the best uh cut right there for that no man I, I look at I look at Steve Nash and I, I just don't know why I can't have him as coach of the year just because it's like homie now you got four all-stars with you like if it's you just aren't not good fair. it's just not fair that's the only reason why I just look at him like, I mean it's Steve Kerr
0: got it didn't he not
2: he did and that's why Steve Kerr wants to coach of the year as well but I just look at it and it's like man this just not fair like you have the most you have the most envious job in the league to say that you have four all-stars now three of which those four were uh are serious mvp candidates every year uh two of which are mvp candidates any fucking year uh so yeah i, I don't I, I don't know what else that you could win as a head coach in the nba bro
0: steve
1: nash steve nash
2: what a career and i think that this brooklyn team is going to get better together too i mean can you imagine they
1: haven't even uh, played to get like the this one three saying, of kd harden and kyrie have played like what three games together that's it
2: I mean, imagine like them under a full off season together, uh, if all of them are healthy as well. I mean, that's what a shame. Yeah, that it took this long in James Harden's career to get him this kind of help. Boom. This, I mean, this is like all time help though. Like we look at it, like this is fucking all time help over here.
1: It's it's just weird seeing like uh, <laughs> seeing the difference between. Harden getting double teamed and kicking it out to Eric Gordon versus kicking it out to fucking Joe Harris knockdown three Jesus point shooting.
2: Christ. The best he he's by far the best, I would say most consistent three point shooter in this league of like catch and shoot guys. He's probably the best catch and shoot three point shooter in this league, bar none. Him and JJ Reddick, depending on the night, that's all it is. So yeah, dude, I I I, I couldn't disagree with uh, I couldn't agree with you more as well. I think I, I think either Quinn Snyder or uh, Steve Nash are both completely correct positions at this point so speaking of man we went through all the individual accolades let's get through the team accolades now playoff predictions who do we have winning this thing especially with everything that's gone uh, gone out this year i think all the surprises as well who comes out of it at the end for you guys man
1: let's start in the west go for it so right now as things stand utah would be the one seed so they'd be in a collision with the winner of the clippers and the blazers what about the fucking Blazers, man? They're still in the thick of things. What a what a consistent pretender they've been for the last decade. They're, that's all consistent they are, bro. Pretender. They're pretender. They are. And the Suns would be on a collision course with the Lakers or the Nuggets. So basically, you'd have... If you had a battle of L.A., like everyone's been clamoring for, it, they would meet in the finals, the Lakers and Clippers. Um, and I think, honestly, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be one of those two teams. I think the Jazz, again, when it comes down to the playoffs, <laughs> if they face LeBron or they face a stacked Clippers team.
2: I think even if they play Denver, bro, like they're, I'm yeah, with
1: you. I, I just don't, Donovan Mitchell's just not there yet for me. Yeah. And if he's the only guy who's a top 10, top 15 guy in the NBA on your basketball team. There's no way. Yeah, I just, it's going to be tough in my opinion. Phoenix is interesting though, because Phoenix is a team with an identity. I feel like any team that has Chris Paul on it, Knows their identity. They're, they're, they're going to be tough and gritty on defense, and the ball's going to go to Chris Paul or Devin Booker in the fourth quarter. And those are two guys who can create very efficiently in isolation situations yeah. late in those fourth quarters. Yeah.
2: No, I, I think I'm with you completely on there, bro. I think the whole the whole Donovan uh, the whole Donovan Mitchell thing. Um, yeah, I just don't think Donovan's there yet. I don't think he's good enough to propel you to that far. I think it's crazy. I think if you replace Donovan Mitchell with Damian Lillard on that team. I, I, oh, feel wow. I feel completely. I feel completely comfortable. That would be the best supporting
1: cast Little has had. In I, I think they won the championship that year. I just
2: don't think that, the, but I think that's oh, the wow. caliber player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, d- yeah, dude Dame's. Oh, I think. Oh, I, can, I think all, we all consent in the consensus can agree. There's slander in the league around Dame, and I think we Absolutely. can say that Dame by far is one of the most talented players in this league. And I would argue, on some nights, he'd be the best point guard in this league. Um, but one hundred percent. So I I just think the team around him sucks ass. I think CJ McComb's the biggest pretender in the fucking world. Uh, I think LaMarcus Aldridge was great, but they had nothing else around him. Put him around with a team like Utah, and Utah wins a championship. Simple as that. So, I, I mean, nice. in all honesty, I think in that Portland team, you can put any other superstar, like top-name superstar, and I think they stay in the same position. I think that, that surrounding cast is just ass. Um, but, yeah, no, to your point, Vala, I, I think that Utah doesn't get out of the the West. I, I still think that this is the Lakers Uh, The the Lakers, this year's version of the Lakers are better than last year's versions of the Lakers. And again, I still think that even though Anthony Davis is having a not so good regular season, I think the postseason, he's definitely going to bring it up a notch and uh, be a huge mismatch like he is for the rest of the league. So I still have the Lakers coming out of it. I think the Clippers are also a solid dark horse. I don't know how Kawhi feels about, you know, keep in mind, Kawhi won the championship two years ago. Right, like he moved out west for the challenge of being able to play LeBron, and I, I think that he has a lot to prove. And I think PG as well. PG got ridiculed, fucking. Oh, last he got year.
1: ripped apart, man. We we everybody you want to talk about slander in yeah. the league. That three that, one that's that's been the biggest one. Is PG's been the quickest drop out of being a consistent guy in everyone's top ten list yeah. to. Damn, where do we fit PG into the top 15? A top
2: three MVP candidate just like three years three ago. Three years ago, With man. Thunder, yeah. Yeah, to now. And I mean, the, I think the worst part of the ridicule as well, like after all the slander that happened last offseason, the Clippers signed him to a max this offseason, right? Like that was the craziest thing out of all of that. Like dude signed a five-year max. Like the dude's going to be in LA, uh, a Clipper longer than Kawhi's is going to be a Clipper. So, I mean, oh. it's it's crazy. So, to see that, I think PG has a lot to prove. And if you go down again with what you did, uh, I think the, the whole window with the Clippers then is done. And I think Kawhi's out. So
1: Is it crazy for me to make the assessment that Kawhi looks like he's lost quite a bit of lift? Ooh.
2: I mean, he's still so good, like, offensively oh, and defensively. He's still one of the
1: five to ten best players in the world. And I think he's gotten better defensively this 10. year.
2: Yeah, he's gotten better defensively this year too. Like, or I don't know, like if he could personally get better defensively, but I feel like he's honed in a lot more defensively. And I think I've de- I've noticed him deferring more on offense though. Like, I think he's deferring more on offense to PG to Lou Will. Um, I, I I don't know why I see him deferring a little bit more. I and mean, you maybe. do see
0: PG guarding the person with the ball at the last second of the game yeah. all the time. And, and you would assume, you know, a right. guy like Kawhi would be on that guy. And I think Kawhi is also one of those players, all which is weird. Like he turns in another
2: fucking uh, like another gear in the playoffs for some reason. Like he plays phenomenally in the in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it's just like this guy. Keep in mind, this guy is single handedly not like locked down Joel Embiid and Giannis in the same playoff series. Right, like he he had fucking uh, Joel Embiid one round, Giannis another round. He shut them both down defensively, and I I think that he hasn't gone anywhere. I think the playoffs are going to come, and I think we're going to see a a a more rejuvenated
1: Kawhi, which is scary to think about. His game just translates so beautifully to the playoffs. Yeah, he's a half court savant. Has a great post up game. Great face up. 15 to 20 foot range game. Strong as hell for a three as well. Extreme can play through contact when the whistles aren't going in those playoff games can shoot the three. His, the best part about his game is his defense, which the playoffs focus on when you hone in on teams and game plan for them over seven games. Kawhi's just a guy who translates well in May and May and June. And the Clippers for that reason, they're going to be, I think the two teams that I'm most scared of them and the Lakers the Suns, man. The, it all For the Suns, it all comes down to DeAndre Ayton and his development. I agree. Is he going to take that next step in the second half of this season and fulfill the potential of a number one overall pick playing with the point god? I agree. If he does, the Suns can very easily come in and upset things in the West and make their way to the finals. That would not shock me. And
2: I'm with you on that, Vala, but I keep looking at, I keep thinking about DeAndre Ayton, and it's going to be in the playoffs. Eventually, he's going to have to play one of these three guys. He's going to have to play Rudy Gobert. He's gonna to have to play Anthony Davis, or he's gonna to have to play the Joker. And I keep looking. It's like, damn, is this guy? Is the under, Is he? Yeah, is he gonna be able to hold his own against these three guys? Like these, seven the accolades series? that these three First guys have. First
1: playoff experience ever. Yeah. And that's when you gotta hope, man. Yeah. You gotta hope. You know, thirty million dollars isn't a just lot. paying for a thirty-five-year-old tw- guy on your playoff team and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. It's also paying for the locker room experience yeah. he has. And the dog mentality you hope he instills in your other guys, specifically the younger guys, providing yeah. that veteran leadership. So that can't be underspoken of in terms of what the Suns have going into the playoffs either, having that playoff experience mixed in with some young talent too. You know, Mikhail Bridges yeah, nice. has been unreal for them as that spark, that athletic wing guy that they've had. So I like the Suns, man. If, if Aiden takes that next step, again – I'm not going to pick the Suns, but it would not surprise me if they came out of the West. This wouldn't be a, a dark horse team by any means.
2: Wow. And they were fighting for th- th- that. Uh, this is when they had that that Goldilocks of like a playoff, like the, the playoff run, the right? The bubble, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> bubble run. Like that was like, we were looking like this team could be something, but damn, who expected them to be like a top three seed in the fucking West? Like that's uh, that's the Chris Paul effect.
1: Bro, I saw <laughs> it coming. They didn't have Ayton for that stretch. He was suspended because right. of steroids. You add Chris Paul to a team and get Aiton back and another year of development yeah. for a young stud in Devin Booker. You and let Devin boom.
2: Booker play off ball, bro. Like, that's been fucking amazing. Like, this guy's had to play point guard and, you know, point guard, shooting guard and everything and then replacing Ricky Rubio with Chris Paul. Holy shit. I, I didn't think it'd be this big of a fucking, you know, difference that, but then point by God, God dude. yeah, this has been, this has been fucking phenomenal to see. So yeah, dude, I, I'm right there with you. Of all. I think the the suns can make a nice push. I just think the Lakers and Clippers are just too stacked. And I think there's another year of development. Like to your point, right? I, I think Deandre Ayton needs another year of development. I think, Booker's there. I think Booker can drop like 70 any fucking night he wants to. Do you think
1: this is their window, though? I think Chris Paul, can he sustain
2: this? This this is their window because I think Chris Paul's game, even if he regresses, like he's still going to be, there's no year that I can't think of Chris Paul not averaging 10 assists.
1: By the way, Chris Paul, I'm going to go ahead and say it to put it out there right now. Chris Paul is the greatest 35-year-old, 6-foot-tall NBA player in the history of the NBA. It's no mystery. other 30 no other 6 footers when they pass the age of 32 sustain this level of productivity like Chris Paul has. I'm with you. He's really surprised everyone. No, I'm and, with you. And every day I shed more and more tears as a Rockets fan, wow. what thinking could what could have been if we kept Point God and James Harden together.
2: Capella's still having a monster year this year, too, at the land. Yeah, there you go. Just like, keep it. Good. Just <laughs> dive that night a little just bit like He looks like a monster right now to, with Trey A couple 20-20 games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that, that just, that hurts. But, no, well, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm excited to see what happens out of the West, but... Uh, Who I'm do you excited. want the
1: most as your play-in team? Let me ask you that. You've oh, got three teams here. I'm going to give you the 8, 9, and 10 Talk seed. Talk to me, fam. you got the Mavericks at the 8th seed right now. That'd be an interesting first-round matchup for for a first seed is to face Luka Utah. Doncic and a theoretically healthy Kristaps Porzingis. That'd yeah. be interesting to say the least. And then Rick Carlisle is going to make a seven-game yeah. series hell for you. So good oh, luck. Absolutely. Um, the Golden State Warriors <laughs> as the nine seed, Steph, Draymond, um, you've got Kelly Oubre is finally starting to look like an NBA player again. Yeah, so he's coming back into form.
2: Every fifteen now, finally, which is pretty good.
1: And how about for all the guys out there in the Steph Curry James Harden debate, saying that Steph Curry could hold up to James Harden's ball sacks with what James Harden has done over the last five years? One, the one year Curry plays without another All Star. His team's barely above 500. James Harden does it without an All-Star. He's the second seed in the West in 2017.
2: Yeah, the amount of disrespect was slander at this time. But Steph's still having an MVP-esque year this year. I think that that, that team is just... It's not meant Doesn't for Steph. Anybody. Yeah, it's not meant for Steph to just be, like run the whole offense on that team like James.
1: He's did. not. He'll never be that kind of player. Yeah.
2: He's he, he's he's great in his own way. I think people just underappreciate the fact about Harden of like everything that he had to do to do it. But I'm with you. That's another tangent waiting to happen. But yes, I uh, Talk to me about the next. Yeah, is it and eight, and then the nine, last nine? one,
1: yeah. number ten, the Grizzlies. Whew, I love the Grizzlies, man. Damn, that's that was the most the most overrated point guard in the NBA he's today, overrated right now for and sure. And the young squad of Grizzlies players. <laughs> Jaron Jackson, man, he's
2: nice though. I'm a huge Jaron Jackson fan as well. And Brooks, they yeah. got
1: just a good rotation of young guys. They're yeah. going to be a good team in the West for years to come. They are. Oh man. I think Jesus.
2: So wow. That is, that's something I think, I think Luca definitely gets into the playoffs. I, I think that team is way too talented with a healthy Chris stops to not make the blood to not make the playoffs. Um, but goddamn that's that's tough bro that's tough i mean the warriors i think uh if Steph was to save... like, I, I think this would look really as as glorified of a career Steph has had, and first ballot Hall of Fame, or you know, all, all the the bells and whistles, you get all the thrones. I think it still looked bad to say that Steph wasn't able to carry his team to the playoffs. To bring his team to the playoffs, yeah. Just when 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 you know, would when, when when you still had Draymond, but when you lost KD, you lost Clay. This is Steph's time to say, like, yo man, if it's just me by myself now, I can and do this. I yeah. can try, you know, getting a little bit deep into the playoffs. But it's like, damn, you're struggling to get the eighth seed. So I think for his. Some, you know, the tiniest little bit to his ego. If I'm him, it kind of hurts and stings me to know that I couldn't get like a, a semi healthy squad to the playoffs as Steph Curry. So that's
1: to me, follow that. I would say that's the team I want most in the playoffs, just for that.
0: You're absolutely right, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Porzingis and Chris Dapps, Porzingis or Porzingis and, and Luca. <laughs> yeah, it's take them both. <laughs> Too many ethnic names mixed <laughs> into one team. It's some not that cultured. But man, they took two games off the Lakers before Chris Steps went down with injury in the playoffs. You know, Luka had his iconic yeah. step-back, buzzer-beating game-winner moment. I think the Mavericks, just for the purpose of an upset, they would be my team. For the purpose of narrative, it'd be nice to see Three. Curry kind of take his team in the playoffs. And then an exciting first-round series would be a clash of styles. You know, you'd have the Utah Jazz that slowed down, grinded-out defensive team going up against... The young, fast-paced Memphis Grizzlies. Fucking fly everywhere. So it would all be fun, but I think we're going to see the Mavericks. You know, I, I don't think Luka's going to let his team fall out of the playoffs. And Steph's just not the dude to carry a team for 72 games and put that kind of load on himself. He's a little more delicate. Quick
2: question to y'all right now. We're speaking on the Mavericks. If you if you were Mark Cuban right now and you had the opportunity to trade Chris Stops, would you do it? Depends for who. Yeah. Well, if you were desperate, if you know that, you've seen this, this... this Thing with Kristaps and Luca can work and it can be successful, but can Kristaps stay healthy? And I think that's the biggest question. But if you can get something in return for him, do you take it? I think I, I think you take any other like tier two superstar available to pair. Oh, I, I don't
1: know if a team would offer a tier two superstar
2: for Kristaps. You don't think? I don't so? think so, man. I mean, I, if I'm Dallas, people would you throw are,
1: in a first round pick for him too, man. People, scouts, execs players they, they know like young big men with a history of knee injuries people pay attention to that stuff and chris Tapps, just from the eye test he hasn't looked like himself this year yeah he's not moving as well a big part of his game is relying on athleticism and being a unicorn seven footer he's not moving as well his defense has suffered because of it so He's become a better shooter though, which is scarier. Yeah.
2: Like that that's the main thing that scares me. I think he's trying to be completely like Dirk, but like, you know, still a better defender than Dirk ever was or ever will be. Yeah. It'll um, it'll
1: translate more to long term longevity for him. Yeah. So that would be smart on his end, but I don't know, man. Like I was thinking would a team like the nuggets even offer Michael Porter Jr and like would. Will Barton for I think Christops. they
2: would. I, I think that in denver would again propel imagine a fucking front Corey jokic and prsinga it's, it's just not fun. fair yeah like what do you what do you do like that's it's
1: like the the nba version of of rocky 4
2: yeah fuck that that's that's <laughs> That's what like the, the Rockets wanted With Ralph Sampson And Hakeem Elijah In the Twin Towers The whole time too You essentially got that And Jamal Murray Like not You just have a, a great yeah, Fucking Jamal top Murray. ten point. Yeah you have like Top five point guards With there too like, That no team
1: stays healthy By the way The Rockets with Olajuwon And Sampson And all the guards That ended up getting kicked out of the NBA because of cocaine abuse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That team probably wins a couple of rings. Oh, easy. They dominated when they were still in the East. They dominated the Celtics, the 80, what was it? The 84 Celtics team. Yeah. And then lost to the 84 Lakers, which were one of the greatest playoff teams ever in, I think seven games. So not enough. Yeah. Just more sad, sad times for Houston fans.
2: It happens, bro. It happens. But yeah, bro.
1: Do want to Let's talk about the East real quick? Let's do it, bro. Talk to me about the East. What more is there to say about the East than the Brooklyn Nets are winning the Eastern Conference? Is Maybe. there anything else to say? Do you guys That's disagree with that statement? No. I was
2: honestly going to say there's going to be a very tough series between them and the Sixers. But after the acquisition of Blake Griffin, I just don't think it's fair anymore. I think if Blake can even give you like 13, 14 a game in the role that he needs to play for the Nets... I think that's more than enough. I think you were literally looking for a fourth guy that can like give you a little bit of offense, and to have a former you know guy who two years ago was giving you twenty five a game, like yeah, I I think this is the perfect role for Blake Griffin, and this team is just that's a, just insane that they got him dude. This team is so deep, it's ridiculous. It's not even fair. So yeah, I think Brooklyn comes out easily now.
1: I yeah, I that, mean, was a, that was an easy one. James Harden, commandeering in offense in the most efficient role he's been used in. Kevin Durant, another, again, like, is it unfair to say that he looks like a top five player in the league? Easy.
2: Yeah, that's not a question right now. That's crazy
1: to yeah. me. Just, a, again, a year off in Achilles. You have two of the top five players in the league, according to that assessment. You've got James Harden, who's probably the second best basketball player in the world right now. Kevin Durant, who's a top five guy, if he can just stay healthy. And then Kyrie's probably still a top, top 10, 10 to 15 guy in the yeah. NBA as well. Easily. So just those three with the pieces like Joe Harris with white privilege coaching them through that should help hey. officiating and getting whistles. We know that's always affected things before with Tim Donahue rigging series for the Italian Mafia. Uh-huh. Um, a post
2: threat, like a, a just a, a somewhat of a defensive anchor.
1: Yeah, a little defensive, and then you have Mike D'Antoni to buffer the Italian Mafia. That's all you need. So you're good. So buff- yeah, I mean the Bucks—they're a different team in the playoffs, but no, I'm nah. Giannis, like you gotta—you gotta prove me wrong, buddy. Yeah, he—he's one too many. You and, slander our king, James Harden, and boom. then you come up short in the playoffs. You're yeah. not going to get any respect Nothing. in this city.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think this is a two-man race, bro, between uh, Philly and, uh, and and the Nets. And I think the balls in Philly's court. If Philly wants to do something in the in you know during the trade deadline, maybe they get somebody like a JJ Redick, another sniper off a three-point shot uh that might be able to help them but yeah no i think brooklyn just runs away with it in the east right now
1: damn we're not even bringing up last year's eastern conference champs yeah no. the My, miami no. heat is the sixth seed sitting right at 500
2: miami needs another starter i think this will mean you were talking about if they get either they need either victor oladipo or john wall like one of these houston guards that's exactly what they need to You think one of those team.
1: two guys is a star yeah I think a
2: star like an I would say like a superstar. I think tier 3, star, I think tier tier two, 3 star. I think one of those guys can be the third best player on a championship
1: team. I think John Wall more so. John Wall's looked more consistent this year. Wall's looking nice. Wall's looking
2: like a top uh, I would say a top 10, top 15 point guard in the league right now. He's looking really really good and I think having somebody that can give you 26 and like, you know, 5 uh, combine that with Miami. I think that gets you a, a closer to a championship more than anything else. You're missing that Goran Dragic role that you were missing in the finals, and John Wall fills fills that to a T, if not better than Goran Dragic. So
1: just wasting, wasting prime Jimmy Butler years. Yeah, not shipping off fucking Tyler Hero for James Harden. What oh, a my shame. God. Yeah, you could have done that. It'll be one of the biggest regrets in their in their franchise over the next few years. Bam's
2: not getting any uh, younger either. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's. Damn, I'm I'm with you on that, bro. Yeah, it's. I think they need to be a big uh, move maker during this trade deadline. They they definitely need a little bit of more help.
0: How long they got left, in the bill? They
2: still they still have time with Jimmy and Bam. But I just think the time is like, if you want it now, it's looking like you you've definitely regressed from last year. And if you want to be able to get one more star, you can right now with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and none. Like, all these young guys that you have, are you just willing to pull the fucking trigger, right? It's kind of similar to Boston, right? What Boston did, like, they pulled the trigger and got Kemba Walker. You know, are are they going to be willing to do that with Tyler Hero,
1: Duncan Robinson, right? Like, pull the trigger now, get a disgruntled star. Man, feels like just yesterday when the Celtics had all those assets. And they kept hoarding and hoarding and hoarding and... Didn't pull the trigger on Kawhi Leonard. Didn't pull the trigger on Paul George. Ended up pulling the trigger on Kyrie, who they lose for Kemba. And now Kemba's injured. And they have none of those assets left. And those draft picks turned into less than what they expected. So the Celtics aren't in a bad place. I mean, anytime you have two young, wing, superstar-type players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think you're in a pretty good spot. But, yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see kind of the downward trajectory they've had.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say from there, so we got Brooklyn, and then we have our, you know, our Western Conference picks. Who do we have as the biggest surprises this year? Who's your biggest surprise team in the league? For me, bro, it's, it's, it's the Boston Celtics. Uh, I, I really in, a expected the, in a negative way? In a negative way. I expected them to be a lot better. I, I really did. I expected them to be a lot better. I still don't have them as the big, biggest disappointment, but I do have the big, uh, them as the biggest surprise because I thought this team collectively with what they had would end up challenging for a number one, number two seed in the East um, and they just fallen short. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are phenomenal. Uh, they're the future. I, I think you easily build around them, but you got to get the right the fucking you got to get the right uh, personnel around them. I, I don't think you this team needs a point guard like Kemba Walker. I think this team needs a point guard like uh, a Chris Paul, like a facilitating point guard who's pass first and can create shots for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, not shoot first like Kemba uh so i i think they need and i think they need a defensive anchor too in the post so this team needs to make some moves and build a perfect contender around jalen brown jason tatum but i just think that this system that they have currently they just need to explode it you just start over with these two Damn a pieces. chris
0: paul on the celtics man would be scary with his yeah. veteran like I'm, skills
2: they just they need a facilitating point guard and I, I don't think there's anyone better than cp3 obviously he's in he's in he's in the suns right now but there's a lot of, I think, facilitating point guards that would like to be in that system. I think Rondo could come back to Boston and fit very well as well. Um, so, you know, I, I just think they need to, to change that system up. But they're the biggest surprise
1: for me. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people thought they'd, they'd take that next step, which was surprising that that was the narrative. Because Kemba's been having knee issues, man. All last year, all through the playoffs, a 31-year-old, six-foot-tall point guard whose game is reliant on that explosive step back. Having knee issues, I, I was always a little iffy on Boston. But yeah, they haven't lived up to expectations. Still, if you can get those two guys hot in the playoffs, I think you have a chance to beat anyone in seven games. So I like where Boston sits. Surprise team for me, Southwest Conference, baby. I did not expect the San Antonio Spurs to be a playoff team.
2: DeMar DeRozan got snubbed up an snubbed. all-star. Snubbed, yes. All-star.
1: Yeah, The interesting stat on DeMar. I think he, right now in the NBA this year, he's second behind James Harden in creating open threes for his teammates oh wow so despite the fact that he's not a three-point threat he's still able to break the defense down with his craftiness his athleticism and create open look for spurs guys who you know they may not be one of the best shooting teams in the league but their offense will get them open looks wow
2: yeah solid pick bro the spurs yeah i mean the greg popovich teams uh they're making their comeback now and they just look as average as ever
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of young guys on that team contributing. La Mar- Lamarcus Aldridge is like their fourth leading scorer. Really, who's leading the team in scoring? Is it Demar? Demar's giving them just twenty a game with seven assists, and then uh, Dejounte Murray's yeah, giving them DeJonte. sixteen a game. That makes sense. Yeah,
2: Dejounte Murray. I know that uh, nice. after Tony Parker, uh, Greg Popovich put a lot, like all, all of the fucking marbles on Dejounte Murray, and he's turned. I think he's finally going to get a little bit better now. So yeah, uh, that, that's solid, bro. Uh, Chef, what about you, bro? What do you have?
0: Awesome man, I had the, the heat, man, for Surprise. their okay. disappointing uh, season this year. i got to ask call.
2: real quickly. How bad did it say
1: to bring up the San Antonio Spurs on the podcast? Did it hurt? I, my anus burns I'm sorry. at the moment. but
0: he, You should have saw him. He was adjusting right there. That he makes should've. sense. Yeah, I
1: was popping my back just trying to get the, mm-hmm. the death out of my spine from bringing sense. up the Spurs. But, man – Sorry we caused the pain, bro. Greg Popovich, he's the he's the white walker of the NBA. He I'm just sorry. never goes away. And when you think you're safe, <laughs> he comes for you in the cold of the night. My
0: God. You know what the crazy thing is? Like if he did throw on the makeup and everything, he can definitely he, pass. Easily you know, he's very out. white. He yeah. doesn't even have to do anything with his hair. He yeah. just
1: needs to be a walker. Boom!
0: Oh, man.
2: Chef, I'm sorry, bro. We cut you off. Talk about my
0: no, man. I had the I had the heat. Just a terrible season going on. I think I had them coming out of the the East as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a preseason pick. I think you had to eat. I think yeah, man. I thought I thought you know just that drive of not being able to finish in the in the finals last year in the bubble would really push them to come on to bring in more pieces to at least get to. Where the nets are I, mean, I don't think they're going to be touching the nets anytime soon Nobody touching the nets out there now but really man i don't think they've made any moves to at least contribute to jimmy buckets or bam nothing like that so Man, I had the heat, just a disappointment for me.
2: See, I'm with you because I thought the same thing, right? Like, they were they were playing pretty well against Miami. i uh, sorry, against the Lakers. But you saw that, okay, you weren't healthy. If you were healthy, I really think it could have been a really interesting series. So, I thought, like, coming back healthy. And you brought back Goran Dragic, right? You brought, yeah. you brought back all the guys that were unhealthy on this team. I thought they would come back, like, swinging. So, I'm like, no, we fucking own the East. But it's been it hasn't been good. Like these a lot of these guys are struggling. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. The, the heat have been really surprising, and that's why I think, you know, like we said, I think they need another star on this team.
1: Yeah, I hope Tyler Hero was worth it, yeah. Pat Riley. <laughs> the
2: next white Hulk. You
0: know you need your token white guy.
2: Yeah, I think Pat Riley thought, thought he'd be like the yeah, next Jimmy Dan Neutron. Marley. Jimmy
1: Neutron's getting buckets on that team.
2: It's like another Joe Harris right there.
0: Oh, you're right. I forgot about that guy.
2: Yeah.
1: I guess you think about what's enough, man.
2: So next goes to what? Biggest disappointment? Who's the biggest disappointment for me, bro? Uh, The Atlanta Hawks. Um, That team is stacked. Like We talk talent-wise. They just fired their coach as well. And they're out of the playoff picture. And Trey's continuing to give you about 30 points a game. Uh, This is by far a very talented team. They've added... You have John Collins. You have Clint Capella, who's at Capella's in the Defensive Player of the Year talks this year. Trey Young's still giving you thirty a game. You added Rajon Rondo. You added the I think it was it it wasn't Bogdanovich. It was uh, Boyanovic. One of the one of those two. One something. One fun. of the beyonds. Yeah, one of the beyonds. One one of the European ballers. You have that on your team as well. I mean, this team is very talented. To say that they're playing the same that they did last year, it's the most disappointing team to me in the league
0: right now. Damn, Remon's going to be there. I know, I'm
2: sorry, we're in this right I'm now. I'm sure it hurts, bro, knowing that you have somebody as talented as Trey and, you know, Capella, John Collins. Like, this is a very talented team that you can't get it all together to be a playoff team at
1: least. The Atlanta Hawks will forever be haunted by trading Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Wow. Forever.
2: It's crazy. If you look at their stat lines over the past two years, like they're, they're practically identical. I would say that Trey's looks more attractive in Sutters like in some reasons. So if you just look at straight like stat lines, it's essentially 1-1-8. One one like you wouldn't be wrong in any sense of it, but it's funny how we look at it, like actually watching As the in game. In a team sense. Yeah, and seeing just how much more developed Luka is at his age than what Trey is. Like, Trey is by far... So I think there's a stat line that showed that Trey Young is the worst defensive player in the league. <laughs> Like, it's not even, like, an exaggeration. No, he is the worst defensive player in this league. And just being that much of a net negative on defense, I think, you know, it's not good.
1: It's just rude. (laughs) It is rude.
2: But, yeah, they're easily the most disappointing team, man. How about for you guys?
1: Most disappointing team. Uh, Can I go player? You can go player. Victor Oladipo, man. Yeah. Yeah. damn it. I'm sorry, buddy. You got this guy, like, hoping he would raise his own stock, much like John Wall has been doing. Yeah. So we could flip him at the deadline for an asset. I think, uh, as of right now, we might be holding on to Victor Oladipo. I don't. Know Damn, what, you
2: don't think we trade Victor Oladipo at the deadline? I don't know what team would want him. Ha- I'm t- Miami, bro. Would Miami give up a first round pick? I think so. This if Miami wants to go all in this year, they need a Victor Oladipo or John Wall. This team does nothing in the playoffs without one of these
1: guys. I, I think if you don't know if they're willing to, g- if they weren't willing to give up assets for James Harden.
2: But do you think they see now, like James look, Tiberius
1: Harden yes, the Great?
2: I believe that. But think, but you gotta admit that the haul to get James Harden would have been substantially Tiberius. more than what would have been required for uh, Victor Oladipo, right? Like you probably have to give up half of what you were gonna give up for James Harden to acquire Victor Oladipo, if not even that. You, this is you're gonna be able to get Victor Oladipo for pennies on the dollar, and then be able to re-sign him long-term if you choose so. So I don't know if they end up doing that, but I, I would, because I think this is the best time to be able to get him. And I think the Rockets, you get anything from Victor Oldeeper, right? Because either you lose him for nothing in the off season or you get pennies. I, I think it's just gotten to this point now that like, you got to get whatever you can. If it's a first round pick, like this unprotected and, you know, maybe like a 25th to 26th pick, you, you go, you go for it. That's all you can get for now. You could have gotten Karis Levert. You could have gotten a whole slew of other packages. You went with this one. You just got to cut your bets and get whatever the best package is available
1: to you at this point. still think this is the best package, by the way. Which one? The one we currently have. The
2: Victor Oladipo package? Yeah. That we lose Victor Oladipo for either nothing or maybe a late first-round
1: pick? Yeah. I mean, you got so many draft picks, and I think you can probably still get a first-round pick out of Oladipo. Mm -hmm. Bro, if you get Karis Levert, he's 26 got three years left on his contract these next three years you're not going to be competitive you You want to tank
2: i think you can be competitive in the next two years depending on who we draft i think these next two so not this upcoming draft class it's still supposed to be strong but the one after that is going to be the one where high school players will be eligible again to be coming back into the nba and people are saying that 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 class is going to be fucking huge.
1: Yeah, if you draft a high school player, though, it's going to be a couple of years before they develop into something that can consistently help you in That's a That's Two years game. away, I, I
2: think that some of these some of these rookies that we're seeing now Vala, look fucking crazy, right? Like these guys look like in two years they could develop into something. And if we have the cap space, which we do, and we can lure a a, a pretty pissed off you know age, like you know star at this time, I, I think this team could be done. Like we this rebuild could be done very very quickly, but. Do we trust the Houston Rockets drafting? You know, I think that's something I I, I haven't seen Tweet that much, bro. I've never seen the Rockets draft. I've always seen let's just get free agents, right? It was Dwight Howard, always it trade, was draft, trade it's a way
1: to avoid the luxury tax. Yeah, exactly, and that's for Tita, baby.
2: That's how we do it, bro. We just we get we lure free agents or we do you know these crazy trades. We never draft really. So
1: yeah, and for all the Rockets fans out there who booed James Harden when he came back when we played the Brooklyn Nets in Toyota Center. Harden left because of moves like that, trading assets like fucking first-round picks and contracts like Brandon Knight's contract or Ryan Anderson's contract, attaching draft picks to them so you're not liable to that money. That's that's not winning basketball or building a winning culture. So sad. He got a few applause though. He did. He like got a, a few slight applause. slight positive vibes. I'll take. I was clapping vibes. at home. Me too. Yeah, I did too. I had Penny barking at the TV.
2: That's
0: how you do it. Chef, talk to me about yours, bro. Biggest disappointment. All right, man. We're going to talk about this, the Heat again, bro. This is, I've already called him out. Really, like you said, I think we should send Victor Depot out there. I think Jimmy Butler would have a a good thing going on with him. I think they'd make a good push with him going on. But, yeah, dude, big disappointment. Jimmy Butler, I hope you listen to this. You talk about,
2: you know, defensive prowess. Um I, I think a perimeter defense of Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo would be really scary to any team in the East. Uh, that, would be, that would be something I'd really entertain just for that, that reason alone. If, if Miami doesn't want to give up the assets to acquire Victor Oladipo, I think they're a strong contender in the P.J. Tucker sweepstakes as well, as well, uh, too. I think, again, they need another perimeter defender. I think they really miss Jay Crowder.
0: We'll get him gone,
2: worry. Um, so, I know yeah. don't like him. I think we, yeah, I think we, I, I think they really miss Jay Crowder or somebody like that. So P.J. Tucker, I think, can fill that role uh, pretty well. So. Yeah, I'm with you. So that brings us to the final conclusion, bro. Who wins the fucking ring this year?
0: Uh, on three, all right. On three. All right. All right. One, one, two, three. Bro, Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah.
1: Dude, James Harden, Kevin Durant, that by itself wins you a championship. You sprinkle in a little Kyrie Irving.
0: It's like the sprinkles on top.
1: And then you make a little pizza pie with Joe Harris. (laughs) Throw in Blake fucking Griffin off the bench and Jeff Green giving giving you the glue guy. That's it, bro. It's a wrap. Yeah. What do you need? Just Steve Nash. What privilege he displays.
2: I'm... (laughs) I'm finally I'm gonna be so happy for Mike D'Antoni. He finally gets a ring. You know, it sucks that he's not the head coach, even though he's probably doing all the head coach duty and Steve Nash is just like Mike. He's the face, man. He's the face. Like you you guys realize, right? Like I think everybody knows, like Mike D'Antoni coached Steve Nash to be like two-time MVP. And now he's really like the assistant coach. No, he's like the fucking brains behind it. Steve Nash is just a pretty fur, like face. No, and but it's
0: like when this. you teach your kids to either tie their shoes or something, you just sit back and let them do it. Exactly, it's, it's just like that.
2: Yeah, it's it's all it's all it is, bro. Like this is uh, Mike D'Antoni's like uh, Mike D'Antoni. Proud father son moment going exactly. on. Exactly. Right I'm 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 happy for for Mike. All right, I'm I'm be happy that he ends up getting to a ring eventually. So. And for, and for James, right? James has got to go through a lot, too. I think James is going to solidify himself to be a top 15 player all time
1: after this year. All time, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I have him like at like 12 yeah, if I have, he wins a ring.
2: Yeah, I would say he can go up to 12. I have like like 13, 14, but in the, same, in the same range.
1: What if he comes back to Houston and then wins a ring with Houston? That's top 10. Top 10 all time? Easy. Yeah, that's
2: top 10. I, I, I put him better in Kobe than at that time, if he, if he actually does that. I agree. If he, if, if, I hate to say it, but if he ends up coming back to Houston, winning a ring in Houston, uh, yeah, your your narrative is more complete to me than Kobe's was. Then. A big three of James Harden, Christian Wood, and Jeshon Tate. <laughs> Jeshon Tate ends
1: up getting that good. Jeshon Tate. You'd hope
2: man. at that time that one of those draft picks that you end up getting like yields you something like a Lamelo ball or something like a future all-star. That would be perfect.
1: Cade Cunningham, man, just tank this season. Pray to God this new draft format doesn't screw you out of a top four seed, or rather a bottom four seed, which is the only way you would keep your draft pick and not swap it with the Thunder. Ooh. Yeah, bro. Do you think do you think Kevin Porter Jr. is gonna be a nice little addition, or do you think that he's all it's all show right now? Kevin Porter is one of the most talented, if not he's probably no, it's not it's a safe assumption to say. He's the most talented player under the age of twenty-two this team has had. Since they had Clint Capella off the bench.
2: That's true. I agree. Yeah, that, that's crazy. We were able to get the, this guy for a second round for pick. For nothing. Yeah. Like we got it for, for
1: like a... top 55 protected yeah, pick.
2: Literally, it was just like... It, I think Cleveland just wanted to get rid of him. They took whatever the fuck
1: they we gave him. And they're like, all right, here you Jesus. go. Jesus. He, he's been he like, must he's have like, been doing... He must have been causing some scenes, dude. bro. Some frat scenes.
2: But like 30... Bro, the D, his, his D-League stats are fucking ridiculous. Wait, so he's like MVP. 30... Yeah, he's like, it's 30 and seven. Like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, this and guy looks...
1: And he's been so good that he gets to dip on his team before their playoffs <laughs> begin. How do <laughs> so you think he feels? Can sit on the bench bench in houston
2: i think he feels he's like damn bro i was the star player on this team like this team couldn't function without that i mean, i'm just like riding the bench over Should here get, like
1: five minutes deuces
2: money talks though bro he probably goes from like money 50 talk. grand a year to like 500 grand right there so
1: yeah he's a reason to be excited as a rockets fan i agree he i think he has all the potential to be an all-star level player boom
2: well rockets fans to we we somehow bring it back to you guys so good luck in the near future unfortunately this year doesn't look strong so Come back next year. We'll come back at the end of the year. Let's see how this ends up going, man. Cade
1: Cunningham. I'm telling you. Boom boom. All right, um,
2: my guys. This was fun. Any final thoughts, homies?
1: Um. No. It's it's gonna be awesome to come back and talk on a on a podcast with James Harden having a ring. So oh I'm excited. Gosh. That would be.
0: Bye.